Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50 plus ball games every summer and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for 100 bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week on The Clubhouse, our stadium series continues as we discuss my home away from home, Comerica Park, and the Detroit Tigers. Anthony is currently touring the country with its hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. We are entering the home stretch of our stadium series that has seen Anthony and I discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of the 30 MLB ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a live ball game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our regular episodes that we'll be dropping in every couple of weeks or so. So make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes for free so that you never miss one of our wonderful guests. This episode was recorded in the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! And he's out by five feet at the plate! And that Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I'm Anish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Yeah. <laughs> this is a super-duper special episode of the Clubhouse Podcast. Why is that, Manish Jane? Oh, well, so we're continuing our stadium series, where we break down our stadium series. I'm so excited, I can barely even speak. Uh, our stadium series where we break down every single ballpark in the land because Mr. Rapp is currently traveling around the country, entertaining the masses with his gorgeous, dulcet singing voice with If Then, the musical. But today, we are talking about the best team in all of human history, the best ballpark, well, second best ballpark in all of human history. The best everything. What's your best ballpark? Tiger Stadium. <laughs> no, no. What's, oh, you mean the original Tiger <laughs> yeah, Stadium? Yeah, I got it. And obviously, I'm being somewhat facetious here because I've, I've, I'm putting, I'm taking my baseball journalist hat off and putting on my baseball Homer hat on and saying, the home of the Detroit Tigers, Comerica Park, my home, my land, my beautiful Tigers. It's really nice. It's Isn't a really it? nice ballpark. Yeah. 
I really love Comerica Park. Yeah, like I said, it's 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 hard for me to be unbiased about it. I, I try to be as much as I can, and if I I will take my my Homer hat off right now and I'll put my journalist hat on. There are definitely some issues with it, but what are your issues? Um, I think that there is not so much. Okay, issues is the wrong word. I think that that I love that the food could be a little bit better. Um, there's not a great wide variety of food. I mean, I love the burgers there. I love the dogs there. It's very traditional ballpark fare. But they and obviously Little Caesars Pizza is there because of Mr. <laughs> Mr. I, Mr. Mr. Illich, you gotta buy your five dollar fresh, uh, uh, you know, hot and ready pizzas. Um, <laughs> we gotta afford. <laughs> we've got a lot of contracts over the next couple of years that we're gonna have to afford. So it's a lot of five dollar hot and ready pizzas. Um, they've got things that I like that I know you don't like. Um, they got the Ferris wheel, which I know That's you do, fine. and and the carousel, and you there's know, a Ferris wheel and a carousel. I, I sh- didn't I show yeah. you? There's there's the carousel and there's the I Ferris the wheel carousel. that the carousel. Yeah. The you didn't. I wanted to go on the carousel with you, and you wouldn't go on. Or not the carousel, the Ferris wheel with you, and you wouldn't go with me. I'm sorry, Manish. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, I'm sorry. Except I'm not sorry. Because here's basically what it is. It's not so much that I have issues with it. Because every time I go to Comerica, I just it's, I spent so many years, especially in the press box there. And so when when for me at least when I was in the press box, my one of the things that I would do is during a lot of the games, I would just aimlessly walk around the entire ballpark because you've got access to pretty much everything. And so I would just walk around everywhere. So every nook and cranny of that ballpark, on the field, in the clubhouse, in the dugouts, wherever it was. I feel like I know that place at the back of my hand. And so I just, I, I'm, it's very difficult for me to, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I put PNC above it. I put, um, I put Kaufman above it. I put uh, Camden above it. I put, you know, there, there are certain other ballparks that I put above it. If I'm, you know, using my journalist hat, Yeah. but I, uh, obviously I love Copa. Yeah. No, but I, I honestly do think it's of the, you know, I sorry when I think of the tiers, I also think like American league national league. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the American league modern ballparks, I think it's definitely top tier. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. You know, it's, it's a but really, I, but I would put Safeco and Camden oh, God. ahead of it for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I'd have to like look at lists and sure, out. sure, sure. But it's 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 up there for sure. It's really really nice. And the we did you know we were there early in the season ish, but still you know it doesn't the the gra- the, the the moan pattern and the grass and the and the the big English D. Yeah, I mean it it, lo- it it was beautifully tended to. Yeah. And you know what I really love? Several of the, of the more uh, uh, nuanced things that I really love about it is uh, I think probably my favorite picture that I may have ever taken in my entire life was taken outside of Comerica Park when I was on my 30 stadium tour. Where uh, so outside of Copa, there are uh, there's a smoking section. I remember that. <laughs> there is a smoking <laughs> section which funny. which a uh, younger Manish took full advantage of. Uh, I, I I definitely spent many many an inning out there with my fellow cancer stick loving people and we all just suck down cigarettes but that's once again it's the midwest baby gotta love it um but uh so outside so so it's situated similarly as to some of the other ballparks we've discussed uh, in down right in the heart of downtown detroit which i absolutely adore detroit is my favorite city on the planet and i will fight you if you disagree with me um and it's right next to ford field and right outside of it there are uh, pretty deep sidewalks that people can stand on. And so especially during playoff games or opening day uh, or, or, or uh, bigger uh, sellout games, you will have people stacked three, four, five deep 
outside of the fences there, and you can kind of peer into the stadium through the fences and actually see onto the field. I mean, it's not a great view, obviously, but you can actually watch the action on the field from outside of the ballpark. And so when I was there, I was walking around the stadium, as I do, and I saw three kids, three young kids, maybe 10, 11, 12, that general range, uh, and they were wearing, one was wearing a Prince Fielder jersey, one was wearing a Miguel Cabrera jersey, one was wearing a Justin Verlander jersey, mm-hmm. and they were all standing on the ledge holding the fence uh, poles and peering through, like sticking their faces through and peering through and watching batting practice. And I snapped a photo of them, you know, just kind of standing there watching. Uh, mind, I asked their father for permission first, and I, and I snapped a photo of them, and it was like stepping back in time. It felt to me like some 1920s, like, you know, uh, um, what are they, a little rascals gang, you know, yeah. just just kind of peering through the sandlot or whatnot. And it was it was adorable and it was perfect and it was just. Are you gonna have a link to this picture? I will there? absolutely put a link to the picture on clubhousepodcast.com. It's it's I honestly I almost teared up just thinking about it. I mean, it was that was well, you know what? Uh, no one's ever asked me, but but with with my quintessential baseball moment, you know, that's that's up there for me as just a, a an image. So maybe not a baseball moment, but a baseball image sure. of that defines why I love baseball. Sure. Um. But they've got great. Uh, so I'll ask you, Ashley, because do you remember? Finish the sentence. No, because I, I wasn't going to say what great they have because I, I want to see if you think it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in my I, I'm just all excited to talk Tigers baseball. Uh, what did you think of their Hall of Fame? I don't remember. Exactly. See, that's why. OK, that's why I don't want to say like the things that are the, those those uh, those. Uh, I don't even know what you call them. They're like stanchions, I guess. They're pillars. Pillars. Yeah, uh, that's their Hall of Fame. That's considered the Hall of Fame. That's technically, I mean, that's that's what I would consider. Well, yeah. So I guess maybe okay. So maybe not the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I guess, but like that's them. Uh, the commemorative things. So basically, what they do is throughout the concourse. <laughs> I remember the thing about it. There's a couple things I remember about it. Yeah, they're remember. a little kind of dilapidated, and they're also, <laughs> yeah. they're also completely sun bleached. Well, because they're old. No, I know, but They've been that's around. one of the things. If you're going to have commemorative things, but I kind of like you that try though. To protect them from the elements. It adds to it adds to the it, when you go to my childhood home in uh, Kalamazoo, which you have not been yet. But when you one day go to my childhood home in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, you will see in my bedroom. My parents still have in my bedroom. There are old uh, newspaper clippings of just old sports things that happened that I would uh, hang up on my wall. And they are all yellowed and wrinkly and just, you know, all falling apart. But I love that. It it shows the yeah, where but that's your bedroom. This is a That's my home Comerica Park is my yeah, is my home away from home. No, it's it's comfortable. No, no, I feel like it's no, it's well have, worn. Yeah, but if you're gonna have commemorative memorabilia or photos yeah. of your famous teams and the well so it is kind of run down kind of yeah but but so but they have every decade uh every so um every decade they it's separated where they will basically show a couple of uh, not show but they will they'll have some uh bats or jerseys or whatever from from particular players they'll also have write-ups and they'll have little explanations of what happened in each decade and it's kind of sprinkled all throughout the concourse I did appreciate, that was nice yeah That's it's kind of and especially yeah. it's great for when there's there's long lines and they're right a lot of them are next to a lot of the vendors so when there's yeah. long lines all right you can hang out yeah. and read a little bit yeah. about the history of 
yeah, this city. Just, just make it less ramshackle is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, and, and there's also the cheesy thing of like, there's like hubcaps uh, like on the pillars. You know, How is that like cheesy? It's the I Motor City. I understand, but... It's Once also, again, it's also Motown city. So do they have records there? No, but it's they always also, have, but all the, it's the also video, like a big Greek town, all the video packages are, are set to Motown music. They've always got a lot of great Motown music playing blared in there. So no, they absolutely have a lot of, of the Detroit history represented in that ballpark. Okay. And look, it's, it's Ford field is right next door. And it's just, it's cars. You're in Detroit. That's 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 what we do in the D, baby. We do cars. I understand. Well, we have can have a whole other conversation <laughs> about that too. So. Well, we used to do cars. I should say yeah. we're we're still doing cars. Um, but uh, also the nature of what cars mean to the world and blah blah blah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Are you now is 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 your environmental love to the point where you think we should not even have cars? No, my environmental love is to the point where the car industry and the oil industry uh, stood in the way of okay. new technologies for far too long. Fair enough. You know, etc. <laughs> well, there's public transportation. Our friend, uh, oh my goodness, uh, my new friend in in Detroit, James. James. Well, he's Canadian. He's, he's Canadian, but he's he's, he's a Tigers fan. He's like across the river. Or, and and or, we had or the, or the lake. Or we had a lovely uh, uh, meeting with him, a little uh, uh, noshing with him uh, in Detroit. And uh, it's, it's been a long time. It's been eight years since I lived in Detroit. So I've been a long, I've been away for a very, very long time. And uh, it has grown and changed and gotten just so much better. I'm so crazy proud of Detroit. And I love, I guess I... All joking aside, it is my favorite city on the planet, and and I understand that there are a lot of problems there and a lot of issues there, and there have been a lot of issues there for a long time, but every city has its issues, and I always bring up the fact that, hey, New York City in the 80s was the worst city in the country. It yeah, was, you know, Times Square was nothing but prostitutes, crack, you know, gun stores, liquor stores. It was now just, it's a different kind of terrible. <laughs> now it's Disney World there. I mean, I remember going to Manhattan in... Know, late 80s, early 90s on a, on a little family vacation and we were strolling through Times Square at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon and we saw just a dude rob a jewelry store and an off-duty cop run and tackle him in the middle of the street. I was like, oh, this is exciting. Sure. But it, it's, it's so like I said, I'm not saying that Detroit's going to become Manhattan one day, but I'm saying that it takes time to, to come back. It takes time to rebuild and I think they're doing it. You know, I think that that there's a lot of great people that are helping that city, and I hope to be one of them one day. To, to, I've always said, any money that I make outside of Detroit will be reinvested in that city one day. It's cool. my long-term goal to help that city come back into prominence. It's and it starts, you know, like I said, the Tigers and Comerica Park. That's the one thing Detroit does is is we do sports very very well. I mean, you, we've mentioned it, but let's mention it on this podcast again. I mean, what's the first thing that you noticed when you went to a Comerica Park? The, oh, I'm, I, I was like, yeah, we mentioned the, the gear, the, the, the team gear. People were geared up. <laughs> we represent the D, baby. Like everyone. And pretty much head to toe. <laughs> and, you know, he's, like I said, you see a lot of that at most sure. ballparks. But not, there was something about it that was even more noticeable. And you were saying that even like our team store was crazy packed. Packed. Yeah. It's it's people. And this was a early season. Mm -hmm. You know, not not chilly, but spring day, mm -hmm. you know, not like you would think would be, mm -hmm. you know, people going nuts. And I mean, there was a lot of hope at the beginning of the season. I think you guys, no, but were, still, though, you, you guys we, were picked again to go. We were, yeah, we were, we're picked, picked every year. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that game, you too. It's like nine to eight loss. Oh, that was a tough. The, that game. I mean, you can go back and listen to uh, uh, that episode of the podcast, which which I recommend you do go listen to our Detroit episode. But oh yeah, no that <laughs> that episode or that 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 game. We were down super. Uh, we were down bad early. Then we came back. Then we lost the lead. Then we came back. Then we lost the lead. I, it was a roller coaster of emotions for me. Whee! Yeah, it was. It was not great because I really wanted to give you the the pure Detroit experience, and yeah, it was. This was 2015. Was not a great year for the Detroit Tigers. No, but you know what? Hope springs eternal. It's true. It's a new year. It's true. 2016. We have money riding on it this time too, baby. Oh God, money rate, money, baby. I'm gonna tell you this. This Cash, is the money first the time barrel. in my life that I put money on the Tigers. I don't ever put money on 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 the tigers well no you made the you made the bet and never not funny about the <gasps> oh my god you're right that was the first time i'd ever put money on the tigers oh you are bad you and jimmy yeah. you and jimmy are a bad influence on me yeah. i used to never put money on the tigers because i was too emotionally invested and i didn't want to do that to my beautiful tigers but now we got the the i got a hundred dollar bet with you i got a hundred dollar bet with jimmy i got a hundred dollar bet with mr john ham yep i'm gonna be three hundred dollars richer by the end of this year oh aha uh-huh. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to uh, now lead you to the uh, Comerica Park episode of my rounding third podcast, where I interviewed a couple of young kids uh, that I was sitting next to at Copa. You'll obviously also hear a lot of me waxing poetic about my my time uh, at going growing up. I mean, I grew up going to Tiger Stadium, but you know, also similarly going up to uh, I, I spent my adult life going to Comerica Park and and uh, spending a lot of time in that press box. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, Mr. Rap, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll see you next time here in the clubhouse. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives like our chat with Tony Award-winning composer Tom Kitt. In this clip, Tom reveals that his father was actually a minor league pitcher with the Yankees. My father uh, is a former professional baseball player. My father actually was drafted by the Yankees. My father has a lot of expertise and often will expound his, uh, his <laughs> wisdom for the for the game. But um, yes, but those are the kinds of conversations. And you know, if a guy's, if, if my dad, my dad was a left-handed pitcher and threw in the in the upper nineties, and he was a starter. But if he's going and he's feeling good, let the guy throw. Absolutely. Know, because at the end of the day, your best pitcher, righty lefty, is going to be a better matchup than a weaker guy. Who, who, who might have a, a curveball advantage, you know? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. Today's episode, the Detroit Tigers and Comerica Park. If this is your first time listening to the Rounding Third podcast, let me start off by saying welcome and thank you so much for downloading. But in the interest of full disclosure, I will have to say that I am a lifelong Detroit Tigers fan. So of the 30 stadiums, this is the ballpark that I have have visited the most and the one that I was most looking forward to visiting again on this tour. 
it had been several years since I caught a game at Copop, and uh, I was very happy to walk through the gates one more time. While Comerica Park is the home of my uh, personal favorite ball club, it wasn't my home when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I used to go to games at Tiger Stadium. For the first 16 years of my life, up until 1999, when sadly the Tigers decided to close up shop and move closer downtown, Tiger Stadium was, by a large margin, my absolute favorite place to catch a ball game. Now, I've, I've told the story on a previous podcast, so I won't rehash it, but just the truncated version is the first time I ever remember going to Tiger Stadium, I, I just remember that moment when this game that you'd watched on television comes to life and you can just see the colors of the grass and the seat and the outfield fences and obviously Tiger Stadium, that amazing right field overhang. And you just smell the smells of baseball, your peanuts, your stale beer, your Cracker Jacks, your hot dogs. But most importantly, in Tiger Stadium, it was the sounds. That's really what did it. It was the only place on planet Earth where it seemed like when you walked through the gates, everything outside of those walls just did not exist anymore. The acoustics of that stadium were so perfect that all you could hear were baseball sounds, whether it was vendors screaming or the sound of the bat hitting the ball or, or the ball sna- you know, snapping against the glove. You didn't hear cars honking. You didn't hear anybody yelling or screaming outside on the streets. It was exclusively as if you were in your own little baseball bubble. One of my earliest memories is watching Cecil Fielder hit bombs out of Tiger Stadium. And, you know, I can just remember watching the ball off the bat and for the first couple of times not being able to follow it and not knowing what was going on and just being excited with, with everybody else around me. But then as I started going to more games and being able, being able to, you know, follow the action a little more closely, just the first time that I was able to see the ball leave the pitcher's hand, hit the bat, and leave the stadium all in one fluid motion and be able to follow the trajectory of that ball from beginning to end and at the same time watch the crowd slowly realize what's happening as they stand up out of their seats, the hands go in the air, they start yelling, they start screaming. It is just the most, it's like ballet. It is just artistically beautiful in that one moment. And Tiger Stadium is where it all started for me. That is my home. And it was honestly one of the saddest days in my life when the decision was made to tear it down and then <laughs> having to witness the slow destruction of Tiger Stadium. I had a friend of mine that lived actually at Michigan and Trumbull across the bridge, directly across from Tiger Stadium, from his window you could just look out and there it was this this giant beautiful majestic architectural wonder and while they were tearing it down I I would go over to his house and just kind of sadly watch in the background as it was happening and and there was nothing I could do there's nothing anyone else could do to stop it it's a real shame that they couldn't preserve that stadium and one of my biggest regrets is that while I was working in Detroit while I owned my, my magazine there, 
that I didn't do more to try and bolster the image of Tiger Stadium and let let the people know why it was so important to keep that around. You know, it was built in 1912. Just think about that for a minute. 1912. That stadium lived through the Great Depression. It lived through the Civil Rights Movement. There were men who were returning home from World War I, World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam, who when they came back to America, one of the first things they wanted to do was go catch a game at Tiger Stadium. But now it's gone, torn down, and all that remains is an empty lot. It joins its fellow fallen brothers in Crosley Field and Ebbets Field and Yankee Stadium, Shea Stadium, the list goes on. Sadly, there's a generation of ballparks that were absolutely beautiful in their own way that we're never going to see again. But on a happier note, now we have a newer generation of ballparks that I happen to really love. And we can now start building the history today for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-grandchildren 100-plus years from now. So in the year 2100, when I will most certainly long be gone, my great-great-grandchildren will be able to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of Comerica Park. And they'll sit there watching Miguel Cabrera's great-great-grandson hitting bombs out of Copa. And they'll be creating memories for themselves that'll last until 2200, 2300, and the year 3000. If it truly was time to walk away from Tiger Stadium, they could not have done a better job at building a worthy replacement in Comerica Park. And where they put it, directly next to Ford Field, a couple blocks away from Joe Louis Arena, if we could just get the Palace to leave Auburn Hills and make the move, Downtown Detroit would be the perfect sports paradise on planet Earth. And I don't just say that as a Detroit sports fan. I am a big proponent of putting the major sports franchises in the downtown area. This is my 25th stadium that I've gone to. And I believe that I am qualified to speak intelligently on this subject For teams like the Twins and the Diamondbacks and the Reds and the Tigers, all of their ball clubs are built downtown with bars and restaurants and just the energy of the city is surrounding that club. It is really so much fun to go to a ball game even two hours early and stay three hours late. You make an entire day of it. When you go to a game in these cities, you don't want to leave. It is so much fun. On the flip side, when you go to places like Dodger Stadium or the the ballpark in Arlington for the Texas Rangers or Marlins Park or, or any number of other stadiums where they are kind of off the beaten path, where you need to drive a little bit further out to get there and where the parking is so far removed from the city itself that it is impossible to do anything but just go to the game, you just... I guess energy is the only word that I can use. It's this intangible. There's something there that you can't, that you don't feel as connected to everything as when your ballpark is actually downtown. And so that is the one thing that I will give Comerica Park over Tiger Stadium is the location is infinitely better. 
for those of you whose experiences with Detroit are limited to what you hear in popular culture or on the news, I got to say you are missing out on some absolute beauty and some of the most fun and amazing bars and restaurants you've ever been to in your life. The city of Detroit on a game day comes alive. Tens of thousands of people will stream in from the suburbs, people that admittedly will not show up when there is nothing going on. But luckily, that's why there's three major sports teams in that area that pulls people from the suburbs, that forces them to come and support their city. And that's what it might take. That's what it's going to take. Not might, that's what it's going to take. How do you save a city? You bring in foot traffic. Without warm bodies coming down, there's no one to spend the money. There's no one to bolster that local economy. And for now, for the time being, the Tigers, the Lions, and the Red Wings are really the main attraction for the city of Detroit. I love the city of Detroit, and it's one of my it's it's one of my main life goals, my main aspirations to one day do something to help that city regain its claim as one of the premier cities in the United States of America. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some patience. More importantly, it's going to take a lot more money than I currently have. But uh, it'll happen one day. You guys will be able to say that you heard it from me here first, that one day I will do something to help that city. But for the time being, Comerica Park has done an absolutely lovely job of keeping things afloat. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're listening to this episode and you've never been to Comerica Park, of the 30 stadiums, it is it should be near the top of your list of ballparks you want to go visit. It is so much fun to watch a game at Copa that there will be people lined up outside on the streets peering through the fences to try and get a glimpse of the on-field action. Probably one of my favorite pictures I've taken so far was of three young boys standing outside of Copa, standing on the ledge and pressing their faces in between the bars during batting practice, just trying to catch a glimpse of someone. They didn't care who was at bat, just whoever it was, knock one out of the park. You can check that out at runningthird.net. But if you've been to Copa, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there are people, especially on, on playoff days or, or on big rivalry games, people will line up. People will stand outside for hours and just look through the fence onto the field. Inside, however, is quite spectacular in and of itself. There's a lot of uniqueness to Comerica Park. It's the only ballpark that exists that has a Ferris wheel inside. It has a carousel. It has a lot of really fun stuff for your young ones who might not be able to sit through a three-hour game. Actually, for the, for the first time in my life, I've seen the, uh, the Ferris wheel many, many times, and I have always been a little bit too old to, uh, uh, to ride those, or at least man, you're never too old to ride a Ferris wheel, but every time I came to a ball game, my focus was always on the action on the field. But this time, since I'd gotten there a couple hours early and I was kind of exploring and I'm, I'm in, the effort, in the effort of bringing you guys the, the unfiltered experience of each one of these stadiums, I did pay my $2 and I rode the Ferris wheel and it was pretty cool. I mean, I look, it was, it's, I, I feel like if I was a little bit younger, I'd be a little more excited or if I was with a group of friends, that might be a little more fun, but 
uh, sitting in, in the baseball pod of the Ferris wheel by myself as a grown man was a little bit weird. <laughs> um, you can get a cool view of Ford Field outside of the park, which is nice when you hit the, the apex of the Ferris wheel. But yeah, I'm not sure I'd recommend doing it if you're a grown person by yourself. That's just a bit creepy. I made the decision to simply take a photograph of the carousel as opposed to hopping on there myself because I didn't want to really freak out the parents. But in addition to this really cool area for the kids, throughout the ballpark, the Tigers have their history on display in a way that I have not seen in any other ballpark. There are some truly amazing halls of fame out there in Atlanta and Tampa, Kansas City, Cincinnati. They've done a really good job of building a monument to their legacy and their history within the walls of their ballpark. The difference between all of their halls of fame and the Tigers is that in order to visit their museums, you either have to buy a ticket, like in the case of Atlanta, or... You have to stand in line like I did in Kansas City and you are taken through the exhibits as if it was a normal museum. They exist as their own separate entity. Unless you get to the ballpark a couple hours early like I've been doing, if you want to go check out the museum during the game, you have to leave the concourse and go into another room, in essence deciding to cut yourself off from the game in order to enjoy some of the history of your favorite team. Kansas City is one of the exceptions. They do have a section of their Hall of Fame where you can look through a mesh uh, a window and still catch a glimpse of the outfield. But for the most part, if you're going to go to the Hall of Fame and most of these stadiums, you're going to miss a little bit of the action on the field. Comerica Park found a way to remedy this. Throughout the concourse, there are pillars that have been constructed that represent each decade of the Tigers' existence. The designs of these pillars are really quite something. They offer glimpses into the Tiger's past in the same way that any other Hall of Fame museum would. But the difference is you don't get to miss any of the action on the field if you want to check out some of the memorabilia. As you walk to go buy a hot dog or go to the restroom, you can stop for a moment and take a glimpse and read some, some interesting facts and figures about the Tigers. But you can always keep one eye on the field as well as the sight lines at Comerica Park are absolutely fantastic. Similarly, as you make your way around the concourse, you're treated to statues honoring the greatest Tigers in history, including Ty Cobb and Hank Greenberg, Al Kaline, just to name a few. While having statues is not necessarily anything new or special to Copop, once again, it is their placement in the concourse that makes it so unique. Most stadiums will have their statues being featured outside of the gates or if they are inside of the walls, they'll be deep into the concourse where in order to see them or take a picture with them or really do whatever you want to do, you have to leave the action on the field. But luckily, the architects who designed Copa installed these statues directly on the outfield line. And so as you're standing there, you can get full view of the entire field. I wasn't lying when I said there's not a bad view in this entire stadium. The only place where I was cut off from action on the field is where the Ferris wheel and the 
uh, carousel is, which is also where the food court is, where I bought my 313 burger. But other than that, the designers did a really spectacular job of making sure that whether you're sitting in your seats or taking a stroll around the concourse, you will never miss an at-bat as long as you want to keep one eye on the field. Now it is time, because I am just horrible at transitions, to introduce you to a couple of young men that I sat next to during my game at Copa. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to them for a couple of innings, and um, it's always fun for me to watch young kids really getting crazy excited about the play on the field. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're sad, if you're depressed, if you're angry, if you're frustrated, or any other negative emotion that might be running through your veins. There is nothing that will brighten my day more or brighten your day more than sitting next to a group of kids that is just losing their minds at a baseball game. It is so much fun to see their unbridled excitement. There is no shame in their voices. There is no embarrassment or humiliation. They are just losing their minds, and it is it is awesome. And I talked to these kids after the game. I interviewed them for a couple of minutes for the podcast, and <laughs> their their excitement was was contagious. I felt myself talking faster and getting more excited when I was talking to them. It was just really it was really fun. So this is a short three four minute interview that I want to play for you, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. All right, so I am now sitting here at Comerica Park after Tigers' victory, and I'm with Logan Ross and Christian Wooler. All right, Logan and Christian. So we were sitting next to each other during the game, and you guys were getting into it pretty hard. How long have you guys been Tigers fans for? All my life. All our lives. What does that mean? How old are you? I'm 12 years old. Um, I'm 10. 10 and 12. Almost 11. When are you going to be 11? Um, September. All right, so you're pretty much 11. So we got 12 and 11 years old. You guys have been Tigers fans your entire life. That is very cool. Can you guys remember the first time you ever came to Comerica Park? Um, no, I can't. How about you? Um, I remember I was one, but that's all I remember. All right, fair enough. Well, then what's your earliest memory of coming out to the park? You're just What's the first thing you remember about coming to Comerica Park? And it doesn't have to be the earliest one, just, you know, the, the first time that you remember being here. Um... Probably one of the earliest times I remember I was here, and it was pouring rain. We stayed in the rain to watch the fireworks. Very cool. How about you? Um, I was with my cousins, and it was actually also pouring rain, like really <laughs> bad lightning. They were about to cancel the game, and it was in the ninth, I mean, tenth inning, actually. And um, it's a one-point game. There's and the Tigers came back and hit a home run and won the game. Oh my goodness, that is incredible. That is a very exciting way to see a, a game here. So, do you guys play baseball or is this something you just like to watch on TV? I played baseball for one year and I wasn't great at it. I'm a hockey player. Alright, fair enough. How about you? Uh, I just like to watch it. It's really fun. Uh, who's your play favorite players on the team? Um, Austin Jackson. Oh, alright. Oh, Ajax. How about you? Mark Tiasso Sopo. Look at you guys, not picking the uh, standard answers. I like to hear that. So you guys go deep. You guys like to see some of more of the bench guys getting in some of the work. So about how many games do you guys get to a year out here? Um, maybe three or four. Yeah? I live pretty close, so probably a good ten of them. Wow, that's pretty exciting. And do you normally get to get, these are pretty good seats we're sitting in. Do you normally get to sit this close, or where normally do you sit in the ballpark? Um, I can sit anywhere. It doesn't matter. I love the games. Yeah, same thing. Those seats up there are great. These seats down here are fine. 
I like to hear that. It doesn't matter. As long as you're in the park, you're having a good time. All right, so then we're going to wrap it up with this. So uh, two quick questions. Number one is just your favorite memory, you know, the thing that really stands out to you of any time when you came to the ballpark, just one of your most fun times that you were here, and then what maybe one day you want to see here, you know, that you haven't seen yet, getting the most, what are you anticipating seeing? Because you're so young. you got a lot of games to go through in your life. What do you really want to see? Um, I really want to see a good, like, 12th inning game. That would be really cool. I haven't seen any of those yet. Okay, so you know, so you know some extra inning games. And then what is just, if you can just, you know, one of the, the best times you've ever had at the ballpark. I don't know. You don't know? There's a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, every time is great, so. You know what? That's actually a good answer. I like hearing that. Every time is unique. Every time is great. There is no one time. How about you? Probably my f most favorite memory was the first time actually eating a ballpark hot dog <laughs> since they were amazing. And I really, really badly um, want to just, like, go on the field since one time I was going to run the bases and... There was um, about a four-and-a-half-hour line, and then the other time it got canceled from the raining day. That is an absolute shame. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure that these guys here uh, at Comerica do a Tigers tour. Have you ever done the tour? No. So on the tour, I believe that you can actually go in the dugouts, and you can go in the clubhouses, and you can you go on the field. You can't really run the bases, but you can at least check out a lot more of the field. So maybe you can uh, convince your parents to let you take you on one of them Tiger tours. So uh, the last question now basically is, just tell me what it is about baseball that you guys love. Why is it baseball that you really, you know, you don't really play, but you like to watch it. What is it about the game? Um, I like that you can sit back and relax the whole day and um, have fun during the exciting parts, but you can just relax and have a good time with friends. Um, I like that it's kind of a, a longer sport, so you can, like, come here for half the game and then just leave, like, the second half of the game or... You can go in upstairs and there's so many things to do and you can walk around and it's just everyone's so nice and happy here. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for joining me today, guys. I really appreciate it, all right? It was nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks. And we're back. I want to thank Logan and Christian and their parents for allowing them to join me on the podcast for a couple of minutes. That right there was the future of our sport. I've noticed in stadiums across this country that the demographics of our fan base is starting to age up a little bit. <laughs> there is quite a few older generations that are enjoying the ball game, especially down in the lower bowl. I hardly get to see a lot of really young people enjoying the sport. You know, I talk about people going to check out games at Comerica Park in 2100 and 2200 and the year 3000. That's not going to happen unless we get more kids like Logan and Christian to come out to the ballpark. Now, luckily, they've got some awesome parents that take them out to games a couple times a year, uh, 10 times a year. The only way that you can make a new baseball fan is to bring them out to the ballpark. I've tried many, many times to show, to show friends of mine who aren't necessarily fans of the sport to show them the game on TV. And inevitably, within 15, 20 minutes, they are checking their phone or on the internet or just bored out of their skull. But I've also taken people to their first games live, as you heard in my Chicago White Sox episode with my brother-in-law. And that was a gentleman who had never seen one at-bat of a game in his entire life, whether it was on television or live. And in that one moment, it just completely blew him away. Now, he unfortunately is a little bit older, and so it's going to be harder for him to insert a new hobby into his life. But for these kids, 
they're still learning. They're still finding out what it is about life that they want to know more about, that they want to engage with more. And these two young baseball fans, I'm fairly confident, are going to be a part of this sport for the next 60 years, 80 years, 100 years. They are who give me hope that this sport that I love will survive long after I'm gone. It doesn't even need to be said, but obviously I had just the absolute time of my life at Comerica Park. It has been five years, five years, wow, (laughs) five years since I caught a game live at Comerica Park. And it all came rushing back. As soon as I walked through those gates, all those memories, the smells, the sounds, everything just came rushing back. And I know it's not going to be another five years before I head back to a game at Copan. In fact, just being there (laughs) made me want to move back to Detroit. And that is something that I'm going to strongly consider when this is all said and done. But for now, I've got four more stadiums. We're entering the home stretch of this tour. You know, I just realized, I think earlier I may have said this was my 25th stadium. I think it's actually my 26th. Uh, I'm not even sure anymore. Everything is so jumbled in my brain. Head on over to roundingthird.net and you can fact check me there. Uh, While you're there, you can check out photos and write-ups of all the stadiums I've been to thus far, plus what I've been doing in my off days and travel days. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at roundingthirdmj. If you have any questions for me, shoot me an email at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. I've gotten some really fun baseball stories from a lot of you, and I absolutely love hearing from every single one of you. So please, roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Keep those coming. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse Podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.